Don't look back because the market is closed. Good uh, Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Herridge here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. Um, you have to forgive me. It's a little bit of a strange feeling today. The market was down sharply. This is Norman and Tyler gets the podcast. Uh, that's just the way it's fallen now for a couple of years. He gets the really bad days. I get the bounce back days. Not today. Uh, Dow Jones today finishing down uh, just off the lows, down 559 points. Ugly day today. Uh, Dow Jones finishing at 31,402. We'll walk you through the reasons why this happened in just a minute. Believe me, we're still very bullish here. NASDAQ was our leader on the downside along with Russell 2000. These are our two leaders from the uh, uh, March 23rd, 2020 coronavirus insanity lows. Both the NASDAQ and R2K were down 3.6% today. And our winner on the day was, again, Dow Jones down 1.7%. SP 500 was down 2.4% at 3829. Uh, the, the, the big bogey here, and it's got everybody concerned because of the speed of the move, not necessarily the fact that interest rates are, are moving higher, but what has people concerned is the speed of the move higher in rates. We now have a 10 year that for the first time in over a year has topped 1.5%. You have to forgive me if I'm not uh, too concerned by that. You know, when we start talking about interest rates that are above 3% of the 10-year, uh, it, it, then maybe maybe I'll be concerned. But 1.5%, it's the speed of the move, though, that has investors concerned. The market likes one thing less than everything else, and that's surprises. And it's the speed, the velocity of this move higher in rates that has people concerned. And that's, uh, that's really what's causing all this rotation to take place inside the markets and fears and concerns of uh, are, are we getting back to an environment where we're going to have the bond market vigilantes begin to show back up. They've, they've, been, they've pretty much been dormant for close to four decades now. Uh, but I'll tell you something that we pointed to to our, our folks today is a chart of TLT, which is the 20-year Treasury bond ETF. TLT is a symbol. As of today, <clears throat> TLT is at its the same level of extreme oversold as far as uh, the sell-off has gone in prices, as yields have gone higher, TLT is now right at the same level uh, of the fourth worst oversold level going back to 2013. What does that mean? It means it's like, like a rubber band that's been stretched. You know, at some point you stretch it too far and it pops. That's how oversold the bond market is right now. Uh, we see, based on our chart work, there's a, about a one to a three-day lag before you can say a, a, a firm bottom is in place. I mean, unless things are just going to get completely crazy here, which, which we don't see happening. Uh, the, believe me, the Fed and central banks all over the world are highly motivated to keep rates lower. They have the ability to do just that. Uh, it's called just hit a button, and uh, they can reverse things pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, again, we're looking for from this level here to see a sharp reversal in the other direction in the bond market. And of course, that would be hugely bullish for some of these stocks that have really been hit hard. You know, you're looking at stocks like Apple, Amazon, Facebook. Apple's back to its, below its 100-day moving average. That's a rarity. But Amazon is at its 200-day moving average. Amazon is at its 200-day moving average. It's, it's, almost, it's almost shocking to even say that. And the same thing, Facebook is now below its 200-day moving average. So you're seeing these big mega tech, uh, uh, tech, cap, mega cap tech names that are really getting hit hard here. And again, it's the same rubber band principle. These companies are cash cows. 
They're going lower because rates are, rates are, are spiking. When rates spike, historically, it's not great for growth stocks. So that's what the that's really the analysis here that would reverse exactly reverse uh, if rates begin to go uh, lower and bond prices begin to get stronger, which again is what we expect to see happen here, probably beginning tomorrow or the next day. That's how close we think we are. The, again, this level of oversold in the bond market is a rarity, and um, uh, we, we don't think the uh, bond market vigilantes are, are quite ready to come out of hibernation at this point. Uh, let's take a look here also. At, uh, so, uh, let me just go over this quickly because if you're, this is what we track. Uh, what concerned us today uh, about this decline was the fact that this is one of our, our, our early warning kind of red flags, and that's in the semiconductors. Again, if you've been joining us here, you know, we're a broken record here. I, th- I think we may have trademarked this. Uh, semis lead tech, tech leads the market. And so it works in both directions, and that's what's happening here. Today, this is the worst day we've seen in semis since last fall. Uh, SMH, the semi-ETF, was down today a big 5.6%. This is one of our bogeys. Anything above a loss of 5% on a single day is a red flag for us. It's, it's a caution flag. But we also, at the same time, uh, are very concerned when we see the internals volume flash something of, of worse than 8 to 1 negative, and we did not have that today. Volume today was negative by 5 to 1. So that's a little bit of the, uh, of, of the uh, analysis that we do in the VRA investing system. So again, the semis today and the loss there, that's a red flag. The internals held up better. I'll cover that more in just a moment. Uh, and the other thing that is, a, again, another, another short-term positive here is that if you remember, this has been one of those weeks. Two days ago, <clears throat> we had uh, a big sell-off, right? Uh, again, this is uh, this this is this this volatility has returned. By the way, the VIX today was up thirty five percent today. VIX up to twenty nine. Uh, that is, as we say, elevated. Uh, just a little bit elevated. The fact that the markets just hit all time highs yesterday. So <laughs> to have the VIX at twenty nine up thirty five percent today is uh, is interesting. This is not a boring market, folks. But uh, uh, what was I saying? Uh, oh. Two days ago. So what we want to see happen here again with our leaders, which is NASDAQ and semis in the land of tech, both of these are, are, are still above and, and, you know, a decent amount above the lows of two days ago, Tuesday. And, uh, of course, yesterday was a huge move higher. We want to see Tuesday's lows hold in the semis and NASDAQ. Join us again tomorrow. We'll report back and let you know how that happened. But essentially, if you're, if you're, if you're tracking this, uh, the lows from two days ago in NASDAQ were uh, thir- just right at 13,000. We closed today about 119 points above that. Uh, and since I'm doing this, I'll go ahead and tell you uh, for, the, for the semis as well. The, the level we want to see hold for SMH, again, the semi-ETF. One second here. That level uh, is a low of 232.88, and we closed at 236 today. So we're about four points, uh, three, just over three points above that in SMH. So those are the levels we want to see hold. They held today. We want to see that continue. Uh, and I'll just cover this quickly. Again, we, we, we reached a level of extreme overbought that was fairly rare air. Across the board, all of our VRA system tracking for momentum oscillators and everything we follow here had reached extreme overbought on steroids last week. And now that, that sell-off is taking place, it really what it does is it's healthy. It removes a lot of the excess greed and enthusiasm that's built into the markets. 
and we certainly have had plenty of that. Uh, we didn't have not yet to see the put call ratio get ridiculous on the other side. Uh, matter of fact, today it opened at 0.54, uh, closing today at 0.79. We want to see more and more people start buying puts. We got a little bit of that, of that today in the last hour of trading that's healthy. We want to see more of that, again, to remove some of the greed that's in the market. But it's, it's not excessive, but it is there. Uh, <clears throat> Also, again, from a fundamental point of view, folks, this is the year we're going to get an 8%, probably get close to, maybe better than, an 8% GDP growth. When's the last time that happened? World War II, 1944. That's how strong this economy is. We're also got, uh, we're seeing this year, S&P 500 earnings, this is based on what, on Evercore's work, and the, uh, the, the, the Ed Hyman and the team there, Rich Ross, these guys just doing just exceptional work. They've been all over this market, both in the upside and downside, and they're super bullish here as well. They're looking, they're targeting a full-year S&P 500 uh, 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 earnings of $210 per share on SPX. That would give us a, a PE multiple as of today of about 19 at year-end. Again, not cheap, but with this level of liquidity, $30 trillion in, in uh, fiscal and uh, monetary stimulus globally, yeah, that's, that's pretty low. Uh, also, again, uh, we've got more stimulus coming. That's part of the problem here. This $1.9 trillion stimulus bill may get pared down. The $15 uh, minimum wage is not going over well uh, with conservative Democrat senators, those being Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. Believe it or not, they're actually Democrats that have some fiscal, uh, I don't know, uh, behavior control is uh, it, it working in their behavior. That's it working in, on, in, in their favor, which is very rare, uh, either today for a Democrat or a Republican to have any type of fiscal controls built into their uh, DNA. But uh, again, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, hats off to you. Uh, but we may have a, a, a pared back, a $1.9 trillion stimulus bill, uh, which is fine. This is just full of nothing but nonsense, really. And, um, you know, you may have seen some of the provisions in here, you know, paying federal employees $21,000 to, to homeschool their kids so they don't have to send them back to, to school. We don't get that, but federal employees will. What? Uh, the other thing is the uh, $350 billion, Tyler covered this yesterday, the $350 billion in, in, the, in the stimulus bill that's set to go out to bankrupt blue states primarily based on their unemployment rate. The higher the unemployment rate, the more the $350 billion you get. Uh, uh, based on that, New York and, and California would both give between $50 and $70 billion, folks, leaving very, very little to go to other states. Uh, I guess the worse you run your state, the more bailout money you get. That is the payoff, isn't it, for getting Joe Biden uh, elected, for rigging that election? Isn't that the payoff to these bankrupt states? Of course it is. We all see what it is. Uh, but there's a lot of pushback happening. So, again... The stimulus bill could be pared back some. Again, that adds some negativity to the market. But again, if you've been uh, tracking this from the, uh, uh, from the birth of coronavirus insanity, this is exactly the pattern that's been repeating time and again, right? The, they need a market sell-off to get people concerned to launch the next round of fiscal and monetary stimulus. Uh, this is fitting that pattern to a T so far. Um, and uh, again, inward money supply, you just can't, even, there, there are no words. It's, it's parabolic, it's a straight up hockey stick, not even hockey, it's just straight up. 
parabolic move higher in, in money supply, the likes that no one's ever seen before. Uh, again, M1 and M2, people are flush with cash, essentially is what that means, because the government has got this helicopter and it's flashing money everywhere. It's doing it now, again, with the payroll protection plan, uh, which is uh, uh, trying to at least help small businesses. But again, that, that adds to M1 money supply and M2 money supply in, in every which way. Uh, we're also seeing massive inflows uh, uh, into equity funds, ETFs. That's very bullish. But again, it might have reached a little bit of a, of a greed situation there. Uh, so those are some of the things we're looking at. Again, most of those are extraordinarily bullish, which is why we remain extraordinarily, extraordinarily bullish here. We are buying this pullback. We've been adding two positions over the last couple of days. We'll continue to do that, especially in the stocks that we hold, which we like a great deal. Um, all right, let's look at our, a look at our, our sector watch today as well. Um, you know, we didn't do, um, we did not look under the hood at the uh, internals. Let's do that first. So again, advanced decline ugly today. Both the advanced decline for NYSE and Nasdaq both reading right at seven to one negative. Uh, with these kind of losses today, kind of what you'd expect, honestly. Again, volume today was better, five to one negative. That's both NYSE and Nasdaq. The bright spot today, which continues to be a bright spot, and it's a big one, new 52-week highest of lows. Again, just these numbers are pretty remarkable. Today, even with these losses, we had 563 stocks hitting new 52-week highs to just 148 hitting new 52-week lows. Obviously, if these losses continue, that'll change, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but these are This is a powerful reading today from new 52-week highs to lows. And our sector watch today, just the opposite. Nothing positive about this at all. Of our 11 S&P 500 sectors, all 11 finished lower in the day, led by consumer discretionary down 3.6%. Technology, which you don't want to see, again, don't want to see it leading the way to the downside, down 3.5% today. Communication services down 2.5% today. Uh, everything, again, everything lower today. Even utilities, well, with this move higher in rates, you kind of expect it, but all 11 lower today. Uh, finally, in our commodity watch today, we had gold. Again, what is going on here? You know, we have uh, gold is supposed to serve as a risk-off uh, uh, commodity, a risk-off uh, uh, portfolio savior. It's just not happening because of the massive levels of manipulation that continue to happen by major money center banks in both gold and silver. Folks, at some point, this has to end. We, we would encourage you to, uh, to follow and support the work of GATA. The Gold Antitrust Action Committee, they've been exposing the criminality behind this manipulation in the gold and silver markets for a long time. Close to three decades I've known these guys that they've been working on it. At some point, we hope it makes a difference. But uh, right now, the fix is in. Gold today, down $26 an ounce at $17.71. Silver down also today, uh, down $0.51 cents an ounce at $27.34. Copper, which just hit a new 10-year high overnight down eight cents an ounce today, down a little bit, giving some back. It's also reached extreme overbought levels. Copper now at four twenty-two a pound. Oil today up fourteen cents a barrel at sixty-three thirty-six. Again, the global commodity super cycle is here. This is the beginning of it. Bodes very, very well for global commodities of pretty much all kind, and for of course energy and energy stocks as well. This just happens to be where we're very heavily positioned in this group. Again, oil today at 14 cents a barrel at 63.36. And finally, Bitcoin higher again, 
up $404 a Bitcoin at 49126 Folks, as always, appreciate you joining us. Uh, join us full-time, if you will. We'd love to have you with us. Part of our community at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.